0: Well, good morning, everybody. So Tony said no service on Festivus. I was, I was looking forward to the airing of grievances. I don't know what that is. So, uh, no, welcome. Uh, we're, we're glad you're here this morning as uh, we get ready to celebrate Christmas together. This is the last weekend in Advent. And uh, so what we've been doing every week in Advent is we've been looking at a different one of these traditional Advent words. You know, the, the word watch is normally the first weekend in Advent, and we talk about watching Uh, for Jesus to come again in glory as he promised. And uh, and then the second week is prepare. We talk about preparing our hearts to celebrate Christmas this year and for when Jesus comes again. And then last week we looked at this idea of rejoicing and how joy is something different than happiness. And, uh, and, and we can be joyful even if we're not always happy all the time. But that, that joy that comes from knowing our God and our Savior uh, can be with us all the time. And, and this week we're going to take a look at, at the word behold. That's the traditional word for this last week in Advent. Now the other thing we've been doing is we've been looking at different characters that kind of match up with the word. So uh, the first week we took a look at this guy named Simeon and how he was watching for Jesus to come as he had been promised that he was going to get a chance to see that birth of the Messiah. Um, And then the second week we took a look at John the Baptist and his message of preparing a way for the Lord and and, uh, what it meant for him to teach people to prepare and uh, last week we took a look at Mary's story and how uh, even though Mary wasn't always happy with what was going on in her life it, it wasn't the happiness of times for her in fact it was a very difficult time she did have that joy that kind of passes all understanding uh, that was with her the whole time. So now who do you think think about you know about the Christmas story who do you think is the person that we're going to study this week for behold. Think about that for a second. What do you think? Actually it's a little bit of a trick question cuz it's not a person. It's an angel, all right? In fact, we're going to be taking a look at, at the angel Gabriel, because he's the one that used that word behold uh, when, it, when he visited Mary. And, then the, and again, the angels, when they visited the shepherd, said behold. And uh, the, the name Gabriel literally means God is my strength. Now, I want you to remember that, because we're going to circle back to that at the very end of the message, and you're going to see that, that that's kind of important, the meaning of Gabriel's God is my strength. Now we're going to talk about angels, and when we talk about angels, you need to know we're not talking about that. Okay, you know, probably some of you have Christmas decorations at home that show cute little angels, uh, maybe even some ceramic ones kissing or something like that. You know, um, and uh, and and you probably got some Christmas decorations like that out. But but honestly, the Bible does not say angels are these cute little cherubs on clouds or anything like that. That. That's really not what angels are in the Bible. In fact, the Bible talks about angels in two different ways. They are either these incredibly powerful uh, angels of light that, that fight on behalf of God and his people, or sometimes angels are actually disguised as human beings. And in fact, the Bible even says that some people have, have entertained and worked with angels without even realizing they were doing it because they were in disguise. That's the way the Bible talks about angels. Now, uh, uh, like I said, we're going to talk about Gabriel this week, and Gabriel's actually a pretty popular figure in like movies and television and stuff like that. In, in fact, uh, you can probably think of a lot of different times Gabriel was uh, portrayed in movies. You know, Hugh Jackman has played Gabriel before. Uh, Christopher Walken has played Gabriel. Even Swilda Tinton or Tilda Swinton—I do—I that up. <laughs> Tilda Swinton has played uh, Gabriel. Now, I, now, by the way, I, I picture Gabriel up in heaven one day going. Christopher walking? Seriously? (laughs) But but, but we should be surprised because the world religions all talk about Gabriel as well. In Islam, there's a tradition that Gabriel was the angel sent by God to all of the different prophets, even the prophet Muhammad. Supposedly, it was Gabriel who revealed uh, things to him from God. Um, Judaism talks about Gabriel quite a bit. bit. In fact, there's an apocryphal book of Enoch that, that where Gabriel is one of the main characters in that book. And so there are a lot of teaching about Gabriel in, in Judaism. Even the Mormon church has traditions about Gabriel. One of their traditions is kind of weird. It's that Noah was actually Gabriel in human form. I don't know where they get that from, you know. But, so so it, it's important for us, those of us that believe God's truth comes from the Bible and not all these other sources, right, to, to ask ourselves, well, what does the Bible actually teach about Gabriel? And, and honestly, it's surprisingly not that much. There's only two times in the Bible uh, that, that Gabriel shows up. One of those times is in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapters 8, and, and then a little bit into chapter 9, it is actually Gabriel that helps Daniel understand the visions and dreams that he's got from God. It's the first time we see Gabriel show up in Scripture. Um, and then our, in the Christmas story, in, in Luke chapter 1, Gabriel shows up a couple of times and maybe a third time, depending on which theologians you talk to. Now, the, the first of those was actually when Gabriel showed up to speak to Zechariah. And Gary was here uh, last week uh, talking to you about Mary and, and that story of the angel showing up to Mary and, and talked a little bit about that story with Zechariah as well. So you may remember Zechariah was a, a priest there in the temple, and he and his wife Elizabeth couldn't have children. And, uh, and they, were, they had gotten older and, and they had given up hope of having kids, but Gabriel shows up there in the Holy of Holies while Zechariah is there offering sacrifice and Gabriel says to him that God is going to give them a blessing; that he's going to do a miracle. They're actually going to have a child, and uh, and you can remember Zechariah was terrified, right, when the angel first shows up. This wasn't uh, human form, uh, you know, Hugh Jackman kind of Gabriel. This was like big, powerful Gabriel showing up, and he was terrified. He got to hear this amazing news. And then, uh, in, this, in the second part of the story is when Gabriel then shows up to this young woman named Mary in this little town named Nazareth up in Galilee with this amazing announcement that she is going to become the mother of God. She is be, going to become the mother of the Savior, of Jesus, of the Messiah that had been promised long ago. Now, I, I want to go back, though, to, to one thing that Gabriel had to say to Zechariah. Notice when he's talking to Zechariah, and Zechariah's terrified, he says, you know, don't be afraid, I, I'm Gabriel, and, and I've come to tell you this stuff, but look what he says. He says, I'm Gabriel, and I stand in the presence of God. And the verb here literally means continually stand in the presence of God. In other words, Gabriel's been around from the very beginning, and he's seen it all. I want you to think about that for a minute. So, so way back, when God creates our first human beings, Adam and Eve, and he puts them in the Garden of Eden... And they are perfect, and God's creation is perfect, but, but God gives them a choice. They can either follow his plan for their lives, or, or they can follow their own plan. They can go their own way, and they choose to go their own way, and they sin, and they bring sin and death into the world for the first time. Gabriel was there. He saw that all, which means he also heard God's amazing promise in that moment to Adam and Eve that he was going to fix things that someday he was going to send his son into this world. And that son, that Messiah, was going to to fix all that was broken, was going to right all the wrongs, was going to put this creation back the way God originally intended it to be. Gabriel heard that promise. Fast forward a little bit. When when God takes Abraham out and he shows him all the stars in the sky, you remember the story? And he says, see all those stars in the sky? That's how many descendants you're going to have. And then God says, but one of those descendants, through him, through you, and through him, all nations of the world are going to be blessed through him. Gabriel was there to hear that promise to Abraham. Gabriel was there when God parted the Red Sea and and took the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt and uh, brought them to Mount Sinai and gave them the Ten Commandments and taught them what it meant to be his people and, and then again promised to Moses and the children of Israel that it was going to be through them that that Messiah was going to come. It was going to be through them he was going to send his son to again fix what was wrong and broken in their lives and in this world. Gabriel was there to hear that promise. Gabriel was there the day that this little shepherd boy named David took a slingshot and killed the mighty Goliath. And, and, and Gabriel was there when God promised him that someday he was going to sit on the throne of Israel, and in fact, then God made him an even bigger promise that it was going to be through his line specifically that that Messiah was going to come, and that one of his descendants would eventually sit on the throne in God's kingdom and that, that, that he would sit on that throne forever. Gabriel was there to hear that promise to David, too. So I want you to think what it was like on that day in heaven... When God calls Gabriel in and he goes, okay, now, now's the time, I want you to go to this woman named Mary in Nazareth, and I want you to tell her she is going to be the mother of my son. I want you to go and tell her that the time has finally come. I mean, conservatively, at the very least, that was 4,000 years from that first promise that Gabriel had been waiting to give that message, and finally, he gets to give that message. That must have been amazing. Amazing. So he shows up to Mary and he says this word. He says, Behold. He's like, I mean, that word is like, Look. That word is like, Pay attention. This is amazing. I've got great news, he says. You're going to conceive and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. What does Jesus mean? He saves. You're going to call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And by the way, this doesn't just mean like people are going to call him that even though he isn't really. That's not what it means. It means people are going to proclaim him that. They're going to recognize that he is indeed the Son of God. He is the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God is going to give him the throne of his father David. He's going to keep his promise that he made to Moses and to Abraham and to Adam and Eve and to David. That's what's happening here. Gabriel says to Mary... That amazing moment is happening right before our very eyes. And then, nine months later, and the Bible doesn't say it's Gabriel, but a lot of theologians think it just makes sense with the story that this angel appears to shepherds out in the field. And again, remember what the angel says Behold, look, I got great news. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Gabriel got to give that amazing news. Now, I got a question for you. Have you ever had a chance to give somebody really, really amazing good news? Think about that. Think back through your life. Did you ever have a moment where you were able to tell somebody really exciting news? And you might not have said, behold, but you were thinking it, right? (laughs) You ever think that? Maybe, Maybe for some of you, you got a chance to tell your mom and dad that they were going to be grandparents for the first time. And you couldn't wait to give them that news. Or maybe it was even, you got to tell your spouse that you were about to have a baby. I don't know, I don't know if you guys know this, but my wife and I will be married 39 years this year. And uh, we have a 22-year-old son, so do the math. Uh, we, were, we had been married 17 years before we finally had him, and, and we didn't think we'd ever have kids. And, and then one day, all of a sudden, wow, we find out we're pregnant, and we decided we were going to be careful and not tell anybody for a couple of months. And then 30 minutes later, I called everybody I knew. <laughs> And I said, behold! No, I didn't say that, but, but, uh, but we just couldn't wait to tell people, right? Have you ever had a chance to give people good news like that? Or, or maybe, maybe it wasn't baby, maybe it was, I got the job. Went out of work for two years, and I, and I was starting to wonder how we were ever going to make it, and I got the job. Whatever it was, did, did you ever have a chance to give every, somebody really good news like that? Well, I, I want to make you just think a little bit here because the reality is you have a chance to do that every single day. Think about it. You have the chance every day to give people the same news that Gabriel gave to Mary. Not, not you're going to get pregnant, not that, but, but that God loves you and he has not abandoned you. And he has sent his son Jesus for you. And Jesus loves you. And Jesus has forgiven your sins. And Jesus has conquered sin and death for you. You have the chance every single day to share that good news with somebody. Isn't that amazing? I want to tell you about one time God gave me the chance to do that in kind of an amazing way. I was with one of our mission teams in Macau, which is a a province of, of China. And uh, we were there doing a vacation Bible school with uh, the Concordia English Center uh, that does mission work there. And uh, the week was done. We had done the vacation Bible school, and we had one day left before we had to fly back home. So it was kind of uh, our day off, kind of a tourist day, right? A chance to see some of the sites there in Macau. And one of the places I had always wanted to go in Macau was, was here. Uh, this is a, a, a front wall of an old Portuguese mission uh, that, that it's... the. Only thing that's left standing of that mission. And and the reason it's kind of famous is there's this hymn in the cross of Christ I glory, Towering O'er the Wrecks of Time. It's written by a guy named John Boring. He wrote it when he saw that wall left standing. Uh, of that mission. It was the only thing left after a hurricane. And, and he wrote that hymn. And I knew that was there in Macau. I'm like, I want to go see that. So I did. We went and we saw that. And then there were some places to shop around there. And uh, so I went into one of the shops. I was just looking around. And I was looking at this little thing uh, that w- was for sale there. And I was kind of wondering what it was. It, it almost looked like something for astronomy or something. I couldn't quite tell. And, and the guy comes up to me and, and he points to it. And, he, and uh, I said, is this for astronomy? He goes, no. He says, it's for feng shui. Do, do you believe in feng shui? And I'm like, is that the thing where you like arrange your furniture a certain way or something? I didn't, you know, I didn't really know what that was. But I said, no, I, I don't believe in feng shui. I'm a, I'm a Christian. And, and, and he said, what's a Christian? And I said, well, I, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And, and, and he said, I, I don't know who that is. I said, well, have you heard of Christmas? And he goes, yeah, I've heard of Christmas. I said, well, that's his birthday. We, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And and he's like, I, I really have never heard of Jesus before. He said, would you tell me some of his stories? And I went, yes, I will. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I was like, oh, I'd love to. And, and so he did this cool thing. He reaches behind the counter, and he pulls out two stools, and he put them right there in his store, and he grabbed a couple of bottles of water, and he, and he said, let's sit down. I want to hear some of these stories. And and for the next thirty minutes, I, I got to sit there, and, and I got to be honest. There's a little thing in my head going, "Wait, I'm off this today. That was yesterday. I was doing mission work, right?" But but uh, but but I got to sit there for thirty minutes and tell him. Uh, the story about the angel coming to Mary and the story about the shepherds and, uh, and, and the story about the wise men and, 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 the, and the, about him being a carpenter with his dad and about him growing up and, and about him doing miracles and about him dying on a cross and about him rising again from the dead. I got to tell him all those stories and he had never heard a one of those stories before. And it was, I, it was like 13 years ago and I still remember it like it was yesterday. It was just uh, this amazing half hour. And it was kind of cool, because during that half hour, it's like God put Gabriel at the door to the shop. Not a single person walked in that shop during that time. It was just me and him. And it was incredible. And, and, and I had just gotten done telling him how that, that I believed that someday Jesus was going to come again. And, uh, and, and, and right then, I heard the bell and the door to the shop opened, and a few people came in, and he was like, oh, thank you, and, and, but now i got to go in on customers. And, and that was it. That was the end of it. And... Uh, um, later, I told the pastor that we were working with there in Macau about the story, and I said, man, it, you got to go back to that story. you got to find out if, if those stories had any effect on his life, and I really don't know what ever happened with that, but it was incredible. Folks, you and I have that opportunity every day. Now, it may not to be somebody that you tell the stories that have never heard the stories before, because here in our country, I think everybody at least kind of knows the stories, But you have a chance every day to tell people the difference that Jesus makes in your life. Whether it's in big ways or little ways, you have a chance to share that hope and that joy with people. Now, I know what you're thinking. And and people are gonna receive that story in in different ways. I mean, it was the same for Gabriel. Gabriel shows up and he tells Mary this story. And, And what does Mary say? Back, behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be, she believes him. But just a a few months earlier, when he had told Zechariah, remember what Zechariah said? Prove it. Zechariah said, I don't believe you. And we're going to get that sometimes too, right? When when we share that we believe Jesus was the Son of God, and and we believe he died for our sins, and we believe he rose again from the dead, when we we share that story with people, some people are going to go, I want to hear more. And some people are going to go, prove it. I, I don't believe that okay. It, it's out of our hands. That's, uh, we're not called to convince them. We're just called to share it. And you know what? I, I think the thing that we don't realize all the time is that people are looking for hope more than we realize. They may act like they're not. They may act like they've got their life all together. They, they may act like that, you know, that they don't need any Jesus stuff in their life. They may act like they don't really care whether there's a God or not. But but inside, they're wondering, and, and they're looking for a sign. And, you know, there's this philosopher that said, every one of us has a God-sized hole in our heart. And, and we all do, that's true. And, and they may be trying to fill that hole with other stuff, but the reality is, people are looking, people are searching, people are asking big questions, whether they even realize it or not. And we have a chance to give them good news, just like Gabriel gave to Mary. Mary. Yeah, I, I love how Luke begins his gospel, just 30-some just verses earlier than the story we're looking at this morning. The very first words of his gospel, this is what Luke says. He says, many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us, they use the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write an accurate account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. I love that because it says two things to me. First of all, it says that we ought to be studying that account. We ought to be studying the Bible so we know those stories about Jesus. So when we get a chance, we can tell them. But, uh, but, but the other thing it says is that it's not like it's, it's just this weird illogical stuff. Luke says this stuff makes sense. And, 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 and we can present it to people in a way that it's going to help them see that it makes sense. That there were eyewitness accounts to this that, that this is all based on. That Jesus is real. You know, one of the easiest times you have ever to invite somebody to church is now, this next week. Seriously, st- study after study shows that people are most likely to come to church with you on Christmas. For a couple of reasons. First of all, because you can say, hey, you know, we're going to sing all your favorite Christmas carols. You know, maybe not, you know, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. But other than that, we're going to sing like your favorite Christmas carols. It, this is the only time of year you can walk in, you know, Target and hear songs about Jesus. Isn't that cool, you know? But, uh, but, but, but people know the music, right? They're going to come with you and they're going to know Silent Night. They're going to know Away in the Manger. And, uh, and, and people are very open to coming to come into church on Christmas. They just are. You've got a great opportunity. I think Tony mentioned these before, right? We've got these little, these little cards out there. Um, they've got the service times on the back for Christmas Eve, and you could easily keep a few of them in your pocket. And when you're, you know, checking out at the grocery store, give it to somebody. Just it, maybe somebody in your family, maybe it's somebody at work. Invite somebody to come to church with you. Um, yeah, we're gonna sing Christmas carols. We're gonna hold candles and stuff. It's gonna be cool. They'll come and they'll come because they're looking for peace. They're they're looking for that sense of peace and, and hope in their life this time of year. And we have the peace that passes all understanding that can only come from God, right? We know what it means when the angel said, peace on earth among men with whom God is pleased. It's because of Jesus. Now maybe you're going, okay, I want to do that, but yeah, i don 't know that that sounds a little scary to me. Do you remember what gabriel 's name means? God is my strength, right and in fact that 's his promise to you if 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 I, I don't I doubt that Gabriel was afraid to go talk to Mary about Jesus, right? I doubt it, but maybe we are, but we don 't have to worry about it. God is my strength and, and by the way. Jesus has given us some pretty amazing promises. Uh, They're later in Luke's Gospel. In, uh, In Luke chapter 12, he said this to his disciples. He said, when you're brought to trial in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. The Holy Spirit will give you those words. That's Jesus' promise. And just to make sure you got it, uh, later on in Luke 21, he makes the same promise again. He says, this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. I will give you the right words in such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. That's his promise to us. So if you're thinking about telling somebody how much Jesus means to you, or if, or if you're thinking about inviting somebody to come to church with you, don't worry about getting the right words to say. God's going to give you the words, and you will be amazed to see what comes out of your mouth. That's the promise. You know, one of my greatest dreams is that someday in heaven, somebody will walk up to me, maybe it'll even be a guy who was a shopkeeper in Macau, and he'll say, I know Jesus is the reason I'm here, but he used you to get me here. Thank you. Pretty amazing dream, isn't it? Who's that person going to be that walks up to you in heaven and says, thank you, thanks for inviting me to church? That, that Christmas Eve, Th- thanks for telling me how much Jesus meant to you. I pray that we'd all have that chance this next week. I pray that we'd all have that chance someday in heaven to realize how cool it was that we got to say behold to somebody. Amen. Let's, uh, let's go to the Lord and let's pray about that right now. Lord, um, I pray first of all, um, I, I, I pray Lord in repentance because there are times when I don't take advantage of the opportunities I have to tell people about you. Um, Lord, sometimes I'm too busy with other stuff or I'm too distracted. Sometimes I'm in a hurry. Sometimes I'm afraid. But for whatever reason, I get those nudges from you to offer to pray for somebody or to invite them to church or or to tell them about the good news and the hope that I have and, and I don't always respond to that. So Lord, forgive me for those times where I've failed to be a witness for you. And Lord, give me boldness. Give all of us boldness, Lord, so that we could say behold. So that we, like Gabriel, can, can bring the good news to everybody that needs to hear it that you've placed in our lives. Lord, whether that's, that, that's people in our own family, people where we work, people in our neighborhood, or, or maybe just a random person we run into in a parking lot somewhere. Lord, whatever it is, use us. Use us. Just like you used Gabriel to share the good news. And Lord, I pray that you'd also hear us as together we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.